Third down and 18. Hasselbeck throwing, and it's intercepted at the five-yard line by Ike Taylor. And Ike Taylor is brought back to the 28-yard line where he's tackled by Matt Hasselbeck. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Ike Taylor coming up in just a few minutes here to break down the AFC North in front of the draft and uh, all football-related matters. Our old pal Ike Taylor coming up and then spaghetti and meatballs breaking down. Sports best division, the East Division in the NHL post-trade deadline. We'll have that for you in just a second. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3. Presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long, whatever that season may be, for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win and of course, along at Minus 3 Pod. Spread the good word. Tell your pals to download it. Unless you hate the show, then tell your enemies to do it. And bet along with us, FanDuel.com slash minus three. It's the word minus the number three spaghetti. We have a good show lined up. I'm excited. How say you? I'm always excited for Ike. I love Ike coming on. Like he is, he, he gives some of the best NFL takes, tells some of the best stories. Excited to do some spaghetti and meatballs, obviously special edition with the trade deadline. So a lot going on there. Not, not entirely happy as a Rangers fan, but um, I guess what balances out, you got a Garrett Cole win for the Yankees and the Knicks surprisingly beating the Lakers. So not all is bad right now in New York. It's great. An extra point, Sal and I were kibitzing about uh, the magic bullet for any starting pitcher in Major League Baseball is to start your career on the Pittsburgh Pirates and then move on. And then that equals Cy Youngs and millions of dollars and postseason appearances and so on and so forth. And right on cue, right after we talked about that, Glass now and Cole throw gems uh, to, to prove my point. So thanks for doing that there, fellas. And by the way, make sure you are downloading and listening to Extra Points. Always good time with cousin sal on that one and uh, in just a bit we'll revisit what sal and i were talking about my new favorite bet betting on nhl players to score goals this makes uh, even if you're a hockey novice it's great fun to watch over 60 minutes you just bet on one or three players hope that they put one puck behind the netminder and you're a winner it's a fun way to do it at fanduel.com make sure you're checking that one out but of course spaghetti everybody buzzing since uh, we're coming at you midday Tuesday, um, everybody talking about the one thing. I don't need a lengthy explanation. Julian Edelman, Hall of Fame, yay or nay? He's he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. He's a great Patriot, as good as a Patriot there could be. Uh, obviously, outside of Gronk and Brady, the last you know ten, fifteen years or so. But the numbers just don't add up. And I know you say that he is a Hall of Famer, and that's fine if you're saying that. But I have to say you can't take any more shots at Eli if you're going to talk say that Edelman's a Hall of Famer. And don't give me a positional difference thing because you're pushing Edelman strictly because of his postseason achievements and the moments. And if you're going to say Eli doesn't have whatever else, the ability – Eli has the moments and he has the playoff achievement. So any, if you're, that's your guy, you're pushing Edelman. Fine. I'm not going to, you know, it's, I didn't it's your team, but Eli has to be also in there. No more shots about Eli. I mean, I'll take my shots where I want them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'll Hypocrisy. not answer to you, sir. It's not hypocritical. Cause I'm not, yeah. I've never said Eli doesn't go to the hall of fame. I said, he does go to the hall of fame. And by the way, as I said in the, at the time, the savviest thing he did Maybe it wasn't really fully his choice, but he retired at the right time. He's not going to have quarterback competition when his name comes up 
uh, for the Canton voters. Now, if he retires the same season as Drew Brees or somebody like that, he might get lost in the wash and he might get pushed to the next year and the year after that. You're right. You're right about that. You're right about that. And quickly, that's what's going to get him in. I think we did talk about a little bit that the eventually, you know, you retire and go away for a little bit. And then the, the, the kind of public perception changes on you. And it's like Eli retired. And then the giants are going through the kind of the mess they are. And then people are like, man, I wish Eli was back. And then all of a sudden Eli joins social media and he's funny on social media. And everyone's like, Oh man, Eli is the best. Like he is going to skate so easily th- through Canon. It's not it, like all the people who are doubting it, like all it took was like two seasons away from the NFL. And this guy is like the golden child again. I think it's well, it's funny you say that. I I mean, you know, the idea that voters are all going to be excited about it when Eli's name comes up. I don't I yeah, I I think that if you win two Super Bowls and you vanquish, by the way, it doesn't matter who you beat too. Larry Holmes didn't really beat anybody. And so his name doesn't resonate 30 years after the fact when he was the, one of the great heavyweights in history. Whereas we all know about Joe Frazier because he vanquished Muhammad Ali. It does matter that Eli not once but twice beat Tom Brady. I like how sure. these things don't matter to people, even though the entire point from the draft, let's start it at uh, at the draft, or let's start it with free agency. That whole thing is devoted to seeing which one team can lift the Lombardi trophy. I like that a guy who was central in the Patriots winning not one, not two, but three of those. I mean, play key roles in those Super Bowls that somehow that doesn't equal him being worthy of being remembered as one of the greats. I know he didn't have great numbers in October, I say it matters more what you do in January and February. And so do the framers of the sport. That's why they give you a trophy at the end of it. So it's, it's overthought. And again, Bob Greasy's in the Hall of Fame. So I, I refuse to get upset arguing against a guy not belonging in the Hall of Fame so long as as uh, that four eyes is in there when he was an absolute passenger to those Dolphins Super Bowl wins many yeah. moons ago. I, I know, I I know what you're saying. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, pissed if he makes it in. I just think if you're stacking him against other people's numbers, it's it's tough. But you know, to that point of like the moments he's had, it is kind of weird when players retire. And this is going back to quarterbacks, but like Drew Brees is a good example of a guy with a phenomenal, you know, statistical career. Did win the Super Bowl for New Orleans. It was a great story. This and that and the other. But it's like the minute you retired, it's like everyone starts to pick you apart. And the same's kind of happening with Edelman where it's like, could, could no one enjoy anyone's career unless your name is Tom Brady? Like, that is really what it seems that it comes down to with the NFL. It's like, if you retire, it's like, oh, you know, he was good here, but he stunk through this. Like, it's just very strange that everyone is ultra critical. So, I mean, he may need some time away, and we could revisit this in five seasons from five years from now, but it's weird that, like, that everyone is so harsh no matter who you are. I, I get, well, I get it, and the standard should be high um, and all of that, one, two. I don't think Julian Edelman's going to the Hall of Fame, so it's all moot. It's just I'm talking about deserves. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I believe in merit, and the numbers don't bear it out. But I think the moments do. It's a kind of an exception um, to the case there. And three, what it all amounts to is the double standards and the hypocrisy and everything else. We need to really focus in on my grand idea of just moving all the existing halls of fame up to Mount Pius where they belong and start anew and just have a hall of all. And we'll vote on that. We'll talk about that with Hench later in the week. Real quick, before we get to Ike, 
Um, some early MVP odds are available in pro football. Spaghetti. Who do you think is number one? I'll tell you who it is. It's Patrick Mahomes. That's who it is. I didn't let you guess. He's at five to one. Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP at nine to one. Josh Allen, 10 to one. What's it? The first one that really jumps out to me that's interesting is Matt Stafford is at 14 to one alongside Lamar Jackson. Um, it makes sense. If he elevates a team that's been successful already and he gets them to 13 and three, I mean, I guess that's what Jared Goff did just two years ago. But if he elevates them and and creates the perception that, boy, that was the missing piece all along was just adding a, a stud like that. I could see there being a narrative around him getting it. Kyler Murray and Brady at 16 to one. You got to go way, way down. Believe what? See, here's what I'm talking. Here's what we'll talk with Ike about. The disrespect to Roethlisberger at this point. He's 66 to one alongside Kamara, Cousins, Trevor Lawrence hasn't even taken a snap in Tua. These are his peers in the MVP chase. Whereas Derek Carr is 40 to one. Joe Burrow played, what did he play? Like a quarter and a half? He's 33 to one. And Carson Wentz is 25 to one. Roethlisberger is 66 to one. And Kamara is 66 to one. What gives with these odds? They're a little bit weird. I, I also awfully premature to start addressing this stuff, but I thought we'd point those out. Any any of those jump out to you there, Spaghetti? I I thought about this a little bit, and maybe I'm getting too cute with my thought process, but we always talk about Russell Wilson on this show, and every year it seems like he wants to get out of Seattle. Well, it's like, how do you stop that? The answer is, all right, well, Russ, we're going to put you in shotgun. We just gave Tyler Lockett a new deal. Obviously, DK Metcalf is a stud and just toss the ball around 50 times a game. Like, don't even worry about the running the running game at all. I think he may be a good play. I know he was involved for a number of weeks last year, and it may be tough for them to make the playoffs with obviously now the, the Rams are loaded. People seem to like the Cardinals. 49ers are kind of revamping, but still they trust that organization. If they somehow squeak in uh, and, and Russ is chucking the ball over the yard, he may be a good play. Um, the other option, and again, this may be me getting too cute with it, and I hate to say this because they're in the Giants division, but the strength of the Cowboys is Dak Prescott with his you know offensive weapons, and we'll see what they draft at 10. I mean, they – not that I want, like they could add Kyle Pitts and they could they already have Lamb and, and Mari Cooper and plus Zeke out of the backfield. And it's obviously up to the health of Dak and how mobile he could be, but their defense is not very good. I know Mina Kimes was on EP saying they basically have a hole at every defensive position. And I agree The I don't think the Cowboys are going to be that great. I think the division is kind of weak, but if they are going to win football games and win this division, like I think they may they may do it's going to be up to Dak and if he could get a couple rushing touchdowns and throwing 40 plus I think he'll be in the mix as well I know history doesn't smile on my pick in 2020 of Kyler Murray but he got hurt in the middle of the season and there was a month where he uh where the team in general wasn't very good but for a while there was looking like a savvy one and I think you land on the exact right math of it they don't have a great defense, Dallas. They do have potentially a high-end offense. That means huge numbers. That means shootouts. That means uh, a 
an attractive stat line when you sit down to vote on. And if they win the division on top of that, I think that's a great pick as a matter of fact. And before the season kicks off by the end of this month, even we'll have the NFL draft. You can even wager on that. Justin Fields, third overall player picked. That's a good value pick. Forget this jive about Mac Jones. I ain't buying it. I'm putting some loot on Justin Fields to go to San Francisco. There's no way Kyle Shanahan can be so arrogant as to take Mac Jones, please. And I am going to be making that wager on FanDuel because it's America's number one sports book. And like I say, it's because of merit. It's uh, it's so easy to use. Great odds on all different betting markets, same game parlays, exclusive always on promotions like enhanced odds boost. And if you win, you get your loot in as little as 24 hours. I love it. Like I say, I like betting on individual hockey players right now, but NBA um, NHL and the NFL draft is one of the juicier things to put a little something on right now. And of course, make your futures bets. Now I'm on the nets to win the whole thing. Um, and, uh, right now FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to a thousand dollars. This is a great place to jump in. Just place your first bet on anything and FanDuel refund you up to a thousand dollars back. If you don't win, did you hear what I said there? You just place any bet, Eddie Spaghetti, or anyone else within the sound of my voice, and you win, you keep the cash. But if you lose, you get your entire bet up to a thousand bucks back in site credit. Excellent stuff. Um, Like I say, I have my interests, and right now, NHL and NBA is where it's at. Also, keeping my eye, as always. On the NFL, if you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right away. That's FanDuel Sportsbook. And be sure you use the promo code minus three, the word minus, the number three. And now, let's get to our pal. Number 24, I met him now many, many moons ago. He came in to the podcast studio, a NFL superstar, and I got to know the man behind the mask, behind the black and gold. We fell very much in love. Here he is, everybody. Ike Taylor. Make sure you're checking out his great podcast, Believe in Steelers, with our other pal, Mark Bergen. Make sure you track that one down. And, you know, he's pretty much all over the place, Pat McAfee and otherwise. It's number two for Ike Taylor. What's the poop, fella? What's the poop, Shaq? Just got off the uh, land. You know, I've been posting on uh, Instagram, Country Ike. So, Country I, Ike, I, that's your new name. Yeah, I bought some. I bought some acres. I bought a lot of acres. I bought a lot of acres. So, to do uh, what? To build. You know, everybody been asking me to like to build, to to train them, and mm-hmm. I was I was looking at like facilities to lease, but I said, you know what, man, let me just buy me some damn land and some cattle and some horses, and just build what the hell I want to build. So. That's what I'm in the process of doing right now, Shaq. Cattle and horses. Do you know how to ride a horse? No, nah, but I will. Okay. Can I come pay you a visit? That'd be fun. Oh, 100%. Make sure you bring the entire family. Okay. Wow. That sounds, uh, that's great. Mike, Ike, we got so much to talk about and you're sitting there and taking a break from your lunch, which is very nice of you to, uh, to accommodate us here so we can kibitz here. But listen, you've been making a lot of noise and not all of it necessarily positive about the Steelers, the team that you used to play for. You, you, you won, uh, you won rings and all that kind of stuff with those Pittsburgh Steelers, but people, some people in Pittsburgh, the cynics, the doom and gloomers, the glass half empty types 
are all for the words that uh, Ike Taylor is spitting these days. I feel like the sky is not falling. This is a team that, you know, won 12 games last year. Um, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Ben Roethlisberger has never had a losing season. How bad do you think things can possibly get by running it back with Roethlisberger for one more year? Why is this such a terrible decision from where you sit? How far you want to go? I, I want to, I want to, what do you mean? How far do I want the Steelers to go this season? So we, from, from what I've known, we, we measure, we measure success off of winning or hoisting Lombardi trophies. Um, that haven't been the case. And how I look at things now, not only as a player, but I look at things like a general manager, like what would I do if I'm Kevin Colbert? So, and this is no not. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame, Ben Roethlisberger, who I'm talking about. But I look at that division, Shaq, and when I look at that division, the Cleveland Browns ain't the old Cleveland Browns no more. We all we all knew what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and just the blueprint of the Ravens is. It's, it's like a Pittsburgh Steelers, but over there on the east coast of the United States. Then you look at what Joe Burrow did before he got hurt. And, you know, the sky's the limit for that kid. So I'm looking at it like, okay, if we wait two or three more years and try to find Ben's successor, Baker Mayfield going to be ahead of the game. Joe Burrow going to be ahead of the game. Lamar Jackson going to be ahead of the game. So what else going to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because if we're looking at now or last year, Seven had a nice little stat-wise, what, 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions? That's not bad. But as a former Pittsburgh Steeler, if we're not hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, that's really a wash for the season. So I completely agree with everything you've said. There's nothing you just said that that uh, uh, isn't accurate. But what – so, okay, you – let's uh, get in the time machine and say that – Kevin Colbert retired and you were named the Steelers GM on uh, on January 10th of 2021. What different would you have done than what Colbert and Tomlin and Roethlisberger and otherwise have done? Because there is no realistic path to an upgrade to Roethlisberger right now. There's and no they, the cap and, and otherwise prevents him from getting anybody better. And right? That's, and that's going to hold him back two or three. That's my point. Exactly. So when Big Ben retires, and all these quarterbacks, these Baker Mayfields, these Lamar Jacksons, these Joe Burrows, once they they're they gonna be going on their fourth or fifth year. So I'm just saying, don't get mad at me in four or five years when Pittsburgh can possibly be at the bottom of that division. You go out and put a Mason Rudolph or a Dwayne Haskins, you let them two boys fight it out right now and made a best man win. Now they're gonna get experience. And the reason why I'm saying this, you you giving them experience. Now you're not holding the organization back off of the decision making you make. You're deciding to make. Then on top of that, they don't have a bad defense. Them boys got a good defense right now. So you might as well get a young quarterback in right now with a good defense. Don't ask him to do too much. Go out on tighten up your offensive line. Get you a running back or two. Now we got action. Okay, well, now see, that's exactly what what I was asking was specifically because I've heard you say this now a few times, and a lot of people keep saying, well, they should have moved on from Roethlisberger to what? And so your answer is 
let Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins settle the thing. Come on. That that a whole year of Cam Hayward's career at the back end of his prime and Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt, you're going to burn a year off those guys career to see if Mason Rudolph's the guy when we already know what the answer is. He's like, he's at best, he's fine. Ike. He's not He's not going to be some stud who's lifting Lombardi trophy. And even if he does, like Joe Flacco did one time, found the magic bullet for five weeks, that's not that's that's no path to perennial success if you're the Steelers, Mason Rudolph. Come on. So Bernie, so Bernie, Cam, TJ, Minka, Devin, Joe, we burning not giving them a Super Bowl. And you look, if, if if Pittsburgh don't win a Super Bowl this year, then what? Pittsburgh don't win a Super Bowl next year, then what? Pittsburgh don't win a Super Bowl the day after, then what? I know the defensive mentality. We don't care who's that quarterback. We need to get the we need to get the ball back to the offense as many times as possible. That's how the Pittsburgh still the defense thinks. They ain't got nothing to do with that quarterback. Now, at the same time, who gives them the best opportunity right now? Yes, it is seven. It's definitely Big Ben. Um, but I'm just I'm just saying the only way Big Big Ben has became Big Ben through experience, a run game, and a good defense. So now you have to fast forward and do the same thing for a young pup. Mason Rudolph went into Cleveland. Cleveland gave Pittsburgh all they had. Mason Rudolph played I don't know what how many nine starters for that game. They didn't, he ain't even play with no starters. Cleveland played with all their starters because that was the game they had to win to get to the playoffs. They had that was a must win. Mason Rudolph didn't look bad at all. No, he didn't. And they they survived Mason Rudolph's Pittsburgh Steelers in a game they had to have to get to the playoffs. And they beat him by two. By two points with at least 10 starters sitting out. I agree. So, 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 okay. So the other side of the coin is then, and I, I, you know, me, I, I don't like to be put in the spot of being the one who has to have the sunny disposition about things, but that's where you're putting me. Now I have to make the case for why you're sleeping on the Steelers a little bit, right? They barely beat Baker Mayfield with all the history of the Browns. Finally, they're going to get to the playoffs, and he barely was able to survive the Mason Rudolph Pittsburgh Steelers. That's one team, and I think they are the prohibitive favorite because of the additions they've made in free agency since the season. But the Ravens, they have plenty of questions too. Like their defensive front seven is incomplete at best right now. And on the other side, you see it. Nobody wants to go and play in that Lamar Jackson offense as good as it is. And it is potentially diminishing returns. I said it would I said it would take the NFL by storm in his first season. And he won the MVP last year. Not as good. And if you're following that trajectory, I don't know that that offense is going to jump anybody at this point. It's not it's not going to dominate the NFL the way it did two years ago. So maybe the Steelers are well positioned, right? You gotta, you gotta look for Big Ben, Big Ben's successor. You okay? And, I would. I'd and, love and, to have and, him. I just don't see the path to who that now, how we could realistically get Justin Fields. I'd love to get him, but I just don't know how you get him. Now's the time to do it with the defense you have. Is what I'm saying. Now's the time. He he can go. He can go. He can go four and two, four and two, four and two. That's ten and six. That's a good year for Mason or Dwayne Haskins. Ten and six is a good year. For them young boys. Now you add on an extra, uh, another win the next year. It's eleven and five. They just did twelve and four. 
They just lost the last four games of the season. Matter of fact, five, if you want to include the playoffs, what seven in the playoffs? So right now, since 2010, seven is three and six in the playoffs. Come on. Like, if you want to talk for real, he's since 2010, he's three and six. Is he the most responsible of anybody in that building for that, for those uh, bum playoff results? Or is it Colbert or is it Tomlin or is it whoever was the offensive coordinator over those years? I mean, it, it's hard right, to ignore me, 2017 embarrassment to the Jags and then the next go around the embarrassment to the Browns. Those are back to back hideous results, embarrassing results. It's not, it ain't seven fault. If the organization wants me and I still won't play, I'm st- I'm going to play to I'm 47. If they're going to let me, that's the, if I'm seven, that's how I'm thinking. I'm just saying from a general manager's perspective, in my mind, just my personal opinion, I'm looking at the AFC North, and I'm, I'm looking at these young pups at the quarterback position. How many years will we get held back? Because Lamar going to be good in two more years. Baker Mayfield going to be good in two more years. He's good now. Joe Burrow is going to be damn good. Okay, we might as well get the successor right now while we while we got guys in their prime on defense, while we got a young Chase Claypool, while we got a young Deontay Johnson. That's that's all that's all that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm I'm not knocking seven. No, I'm, I hear you. I I believe I'm you. Listen, if, I if if I was a GM, that's the route I would have took. I just, I, you know, part of our disagreement is Baker Mayfield is good as long as he's 100% clean. You you, you get after oh, him, he becomes very mortal. And Lamar Jackson, like I say, is very good, electric. Maybe will go down as Listen, the greatest running quarterback we've ever seen oh, with all due respect to Cam. We're talking about head coaching. So here goes Coach Harbaugh is a damn, he's a, he's a good head coach. With Coach Stefanski over though in Cleveland. The man, the man, this this what the man did for Baker. Let me get you the number one offensive line and let me get you two studs at running back. We'll figure, we'll figure the Jarvis, the Njokus, the OBJs out, the T Higgins, I mean the Higgins. We'll figure them guys out later. Look, now look what the man doing on defense and the free agency. Like I, that's that's why I you're a Pittsburgh Steeler to the day you bleed black and gold to the day you die. As a fan, I bleed back and black and gold to the day I die as a former player, but I do get the general manager in the business side of things, and I'm looking at the big picture. The big picture is the AFC North. The big picture is a you draft you draft for your division. I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. And by the way, it's an incomplete painting right now, Ike. Let's wait until uh, Picasso um, Colbert finishes what he's working on right now. We don't know what he's going to add in the draft. If they, uh, you know, there are a number of spots that they can address. What do you think about at number 24, if they stay in pad, which by the way, I think that they probably, the way all these mock drafts are breaking, I think they would do well to trade back a few spots because they're going to be able to get one of those running backs. If in fact, they're really looking at running back in the first round, would you do that? Or would you take one of those offensive tackles? Some people are talking edge rusher, rusher and otherwise. I think that would be a mistake for what they need. They got to address the run game first. How now, do you do it, though? No, you address the run game by getting either a Hall of Fame offensive tackle or offensive guard, or you get a Hall of Fame or uh, a multiple pro bowler 
outside linebacker. Just, hmm. just, just think. Shake. You should know. You should know better than anybody. The Pittsburgh Steelers are known for what in the first round? Either offensive linemen or outside linebackers. Right. That's fine with me. I I just don't like the idea that people have decided they must take an offensive tackle. It's like, does it not matter who's left? They just have to take one to say they took an offensive tackle in the first round. It matters who that guy is. And if it breaks against them, if Jenkins from Oklahoma State is a, for instance, if that's who they fancy and he's off the board, they don't have to. The the fans are pounding the table. They must take a tackle. Well, what, what if the pedigree ain't there and Najee Harris is the obvious pick? You would not take a running back no matter what in the first round? It's more picks than Najee. Like, you got to look at the Pittsburgh Steelers draft board. Like, they're not just looking at Najee. We need a – I can't even tell you the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted the first round running back. I can't tell you the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers, other than the boys back in the 70s, won Super Bowls with a first round running back. The only the only really one we required was Bussy, and he came off a trade. Right, and they, I think Tim Worley is the answer to that probably in 89. I think they yeah. took him out of Georgia in the first round, and he didn't exactly work out. But, yeah. It, it, I'm not I'm not looking at no – they got plenty of running backs. That's what I think. You can have a cold, you can have a cold-ass running back with a sad offensive line. What the running back going to do? I, I, I agree. If I given a choice, a dominant offensive lineman, uh, offensive uh, dominant O-line or dominant running back, I'll take the O-line and – take the ham and egg or running the ball behind them. Dream Hunt ain't doing what they doing if they didn't have a good – they got a number one offensive line. It's a reason why the ball is killing. I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, so so you're open to an edge rusher even in round one despite the the – Offensive lineman or edge rusher. Them them be a Hall of Fame list. Castro going to the Hall of Fame. Pouncey going to the Hall of Fame. TJ, he keep doing what he doing. He going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Cam – Cam on Cam on his way. He looking good as a D tackles. Tua, if Tua can stay healthy, he got action. Like if Devin Bush can go from hell on out with a healthy career, you it's already looking pretty damn good. Minka, if Minka stay healthy, it's all so that that's that's what I'm saying. Like I just look at the history from the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what them boys do. Them boys draft either offensive linemen first round or they draft outside linebackers or edge rushers in the first round. That's I- what they do. I, I agree. See, we're not that far apart here. One more thing about uh, what is in the rearview mirror. The bad results in the playoffs. Is this – does Mike Tomlin deserve criticism for not evolving over the course of the season? Is that Fiekner, uh who didn't do it? Why Why do you suppose? What is Is there some philosophical issue that the Steelers seem to tail off over the last, you know, you know, Ryan Shazier's injury, the tragedy of it uh, aside, you know, that is at least explains why the team tailed off a little bit that particular season. But is there something larger at play with um, in-season adjustments and such? I said it was on borrowed time. I was saying that when they when it was 7-6-0, oh, I said, man, this borrowed time because they need, they need some kind of run game. Like, we, we won Super Bowls with a run game and defense. Like that's that's how eleven to know it. It ain't how you start; it's how you finish. And them boys started off hot, and once and once the Buffalo Bills put their blueprint out, that all they're gonna do is throw quick passes, hand throwing that ball downfield, and they can't run. They they just gave the blueprint to everybody else. Everybody else was like, "Oh, we're just sitting on these routes." 
We ain't worrying about no run game. They, very they, clear, very clear to me that 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 was the case, right? But then that speaks to lack of adjustments, and if that is coming from Roethlisberger to the, to Feekner and beyond, like I can't throw the deep ball, or I don't want to throw the deep ball because I'm getting smacked every time I try to hold on to the ball for an extra beat. Then you ain't, ain't winning throwing forty times. Even, okay, well, even, I even think, Patrick, even Patrick Mahomes when they won a Super Bowl two years ago, they rent. They ran the ball down the throat of the San Fran, San Francisco. They ran the ball. Patty didn't pass the ball to win that thing. They ran the ball. The Niners went to the Super Bowl running the ball and good defense. Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl running the ball and playing good defense. When Tom That's Brady what- went down 27-3 against the Atlanta Falcons, they ran their way back into the Super Bowl. We was there for it. Uh, listen, that's exactly right. So, so and, and the doom and gloom about the Steelers. So, if they draft a nice left tackle and DeCastro bounces back and Zach Banner's good and Dotson's looking like he's going to be a stud, it's and the gaggle of Pascal, it's just not that far away. I mean, I absolutely, it's not crazy to think that the Steelers can be a viable player in the AFC this year. That's that's my bottom line. Everybody's acting like they're going to go four and twelve or four and thirteen or whatever. No, but I tell you, I tell you this: the ASC of tough is tough because I, I just and they, and they got and they got to be on board because I just looked at the Miami Dolphins in ten and six was they was looking from the outside in ten and six in the AFC. You looking from the outside in? You go to the NFC East, man. They would have they would have already gave you a Super Bowl at ten and six. Ten and six in the AFC. You looking from the outside in, bro? Is, is I, I hear you, but with that seventh team, and as we've seen, you get in the mix, some weird things can happen, and I just cannot create in my mind as doom and gloom as I can get about things. It's hard for me to see the path to the Steelers just being completely no, – Roethlisberger and Tomlin have never had losing seasons. They're suddenly now going to win six games this year. That's not going to happen. That's, we, 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 not, we don't measure success off of playoffs and – team wins we measure success in the pride when you say the Pittsburgh Steelers is shit we got six Super Bowls that's the first thing you 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 don't even know how many playoff you 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 don't even know how many playoff wins all you saying is man we got six how many your team got absolutely right I agree with you hey by the way this current edition of the Steelers got some uh some pub recently because of a story about one of the Steelers going under the bus of the uh, of the opponent to talk about. And everybody was like, isn't this crazy that the Steelers did that? Tell the story about what happened with Joey Porter after a Ravens game one time. I mean, these are the best stories. They, show show what uh, your group was about. Man, I just – I'll tell you this, Shaq, because I just got off the phone with Peasy last week. Him and, I, him and I had a good conversation. Man, we – on the defense and the offensive side, we will walk into any alley. Any alley. I don't care what country. I don't care what street. I don't care what time. When I got into the league, so from 2003 to about 2010, the makeup of that team was... MMA. That, that was the makeup. The, the, the mentality and the attitude of that team was MMA. Who, what, when, why. And there was no such thing as a fair fight. They don't, don't look for no one-on-ones. 
Don't look for none of that. That was the mentality of that team. All right. I want to hear the story, though, because that, no. that was my favorite one. You yeah, won't tell the story? Yeah, this I don't, I don't, uh, I'm peasy trying to be low. Look, peasy trying to be low key right now. Oh, he's being classy. Now. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a. Okay, it's a good story though. If you when you're ready to tell it again, tell it. Uh, you can tell it here. I like the idea of like you say wherever we go, whatever country we're in. Like like the Steelers defense was going to wind up in Brazil together somewhere and getting into a street fight down there. Hey, that's that's exactly how it was, Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, what do you think about uh, real quick with a couple of Steeler related issues here? Um, do you think uh, Bince ends up coming back on a uh, reduced deal? I was there when you actually uh, Vince Williams. You okay. were talking about. I remember actually you literally texting about Vince with Vince about his contract a number of years ago, and you actually helped push it across the finish line there. Do you think there's any chance? that maybe he comes back. There hasn't been a ton of uh, heat on his name since the Steelers released him. Do you think maybe he comes back on, uh, on some level? Because he is one of those guys that the fans kind of vibe to. I I just – I just, me and him just saw each other on Saturday, and I told him, don't. I say, bro, don't go back. I say, bro, you got other teams because he, he got a few teams that's going to let him be him. I say, bro, you got some teams that's just going to let you be you. And they're gonna give you some cheese, and j- just you'll always be a stealer. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not worrying about that. But go get your money, man. Go get your go, go get your damn money. Obviously, they didn't like you enough to keep you. Obviously, they didn't. So, so what? Don't, don't even, cause he's he's considering on going back, cause he said, "I man, that's just." I say, bro, don't, don't, don't be close-minded. I say the world is bigger than the Pittsburgh Steelers, so. Right now, at his career, his heart really wants to be in Pittsburgh. Me talking to him as a friend, a big bro, nope. Yeah, well, I hear you. Get you. I, I, I'm, I'm with that. Fans don't like hearing that, but uh, yeah, make your loot when you're intentionally running into sizable human beings on purpose. Make as much money as you can <laughs> while you're doing it. What about uh, the decision to? I don't understand still what happened with Stephen Ridley. I mean, with uh, Stephen Nelson, if you have any insight on that, provide it. Cam Sutton now elevates to starter. Mike Hilton out the door. How say you on all that? So you couldn't afford, which I thought they should have kept Mike Hilton out of anybody. So you couldn't afford Mike Hilton. We all knew he was going to be hot on the market over his production last year. Um, Let me say something to you about that. That is a classic this has always been true for uh, for 25 years with the Steelers. Teams that sign away their guys as free agents do not succeed on that same level. Hardy Nickerson and a couple other guys notwithstanding. And that's been replaced. Like guys who produce in New England don't go elsewhere and, and shine uh, as brightly there. I think Mike Hilton's one of those guys. He was perfect for what the Steelers were trying to do. I do not think he is a, a star on that level in Cincinnati's defense. But anyway, proceed. Uh, he's just a football player. Like he's not a he's yeah. not a system, he's not a system guy. So I beg to differ. I, oh, okay. I, I think I think Mike gonna handle his business. Uh, I think they just gave Steve and Vince the same the same uh, ultimatum: either you're gonna take a pay cut or we're gonna release you. And them boys was like, not in my prime. So you might as well just release me. That's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. 
on what happened. Uh, and I get it. Like, I'm, I'm not about to take no pay cut, man. Not if I feel like I'm I'm handling my business. So between them two boys, I'm sure the, the door is still is still open for them, but they got to come back to a cheaper contract. And that's something they don't want to do right now, which I agree. I hear you about that. Yeah. And, I, you know, uh, I get that. And that's why that's why ultimately the fans side with the franchise. They fr- they they. Uh, vibe to the brand of the team over a player over contract disputes and, and and all of that and it's too bad but of course the players like i say are the ones putting their bodies on the line for it of course they should make as much uh loot as they possibly can real quick ike so are we in lockstep that the browns are now the team to beat is that what i can glean from what you're saying there they because FanDuel still has the Ravens as the team to beat, but I think the better value bet is the Browns right now. No, it's the Browns. They got a good hell. Hell was just thinking of Cleveland Browns, but they got, boy, the head coach, this how good the head coach, this how much input the head coach Stefanski have. The man missed the playoff game and they still won. He wasn't even up. I forget about that part. That's it. That makes it extra embarrassing. What happened to the team? The man, the man wasn't even. The man was down bad with COVID. <laughs> it had a special team. The special team coach was the head coach. Embarrassing. And, and Worst it, loss is that the most embarrassing loss that you can recall uh, for the Pittsburgh I, Steelers. I, I That's worse than the Jags one, right? I can't. I can't speak for them boys because I wasn't there, but I do. I do remember when I played Jacksonville coming in and doing something similar, just run, just running. Look, we running, we running, we want, we running right here and y'all ain't stopping us. I get Yeah, that was right. That, that was emasculating. Yeah. Cause they Jacksonville did us in Cleveland last year saying we running right here and y'all ain't stopping us. They had Jacksonville um, that year that they went into Heinz and beat you, not in 2017, earlier than that. They had this portly uh, running back, um, real little guy. I mean, like, I think he's like 5'3", maybe, but maybe 5'4". I don't know. Listen. Portly fellow, though. Um, number 32, if memory don't serves. Point. I remember a, bus- a business decision being made by one uh, – Number twenty-four, I Taylor at the goal I, line, deciding not to make it, not to have a collision I, with that little guy. No, I hit him. It just it it didn't budge him. And <laughs> when I hit him, and he didn't budge, I, I was like, man, <laughs> my my mind, my mind said, boy, hell of an effort. My body said, what the hell you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the- I don't know whatever happened to that guy, but he was good. He was a he was a good little runner. Um, now, uh. Just quick reaction to this one. Julian Edelman, Hall of Fame or no? No, not at all. But listen, Ike, nah. Lynn Swan's in the Hall of Fame. And nah. they always talk. The two standards Rod Woodson <laughs> lays out are, is he ever the two one of the two best at his position the Patriots, for even a year? The Patriots, the, the, the Patriots, Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame? Yeah. But to, to, to get in the Hall of Fame? No. Now, iconic, iconic moments in the playoffs. Yes, was he a dog? Yes, yes. They just put up a stat this morning, bro. The man got six hundred and thirty, six hundred and thirty-nine receptions, six thousand yards. Right. Santonio Holmes had three hundred and eighty-nine receptions. 6,000 yards. 
I'm not going to debate. I mean, obviously the numbers ain't there for Edelman, but the iconic plays, he's a central figure in three Super Bowl victories. It's, it's hard to turn your nose off at some point. What are we talking about? If, if the guy who stars in the biggest game repeatedly, it's not like he made one play. San Antonio makes the greatest single catch in Super Bowl history, but Julian Edelman is a central figure in three Super Bowl victories. It's hard to say that that guy isn't worthy of remembrance for all of time, given what he did in the biggest games. What Tom plays? Eight, seven, eight years? Something like that, yeah. Didn't play that long, right. Julian played, what, 12 years? He did 12? Something like that. Tom had the same amount of yards cut the receptions in half think about it i know but i i hear well and by the way the other point i always make is as long how can anybody get bent out of shape about who goes in the hall of fame bob greasy's in it bob greasy completed an average of three passes in it per game in their playoff games that uh, in which they won back-to-back super bowls he was a passenger they gave him a gold jacket if they're willing to take his gold jacket away and give it to somebody else then we can talk otherwise i don't mind julian edelman getting in when he was so huge in january and february games now i I have to talk to you about this, though, too, because you you remember Eddie Spaghetti. Um, I'm a little worried about him. You know, anybody who overdoes, I, I'm all for whatever you're passionate about. I know that's a big thing with with you, Ike. You know, you're. I've never met, and I mean this, I've never met somebody who is immediately as beloved by as big a range of human beings as Ike Taylor is, and I mean that. And I've seen Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, the actor, the the weird character actor from show business, meets Ike Taylor, and two and a half minutes later, they're they're the best of friends. You're this way with every assistant I've ever, you know, anybody, uh, you know, food delivery person, the Hollywood superstar, star Sidney Crosby, whoever it is, loves Ike Taylor, and uh, and it's an admirable trait in you, Ike. Um, but help out our friend here. You're, you're not good at delivering bad news, but you got to talk to Eddie Spaghetti. He's gone too far. He's gone to see. He's like 25 years old. He's gone to see the Pearl band, uh, the band Pearl Jam. How many times now, Spaghetti? I'm in the 20s, low 20s now. That's uh, too much, isn't it? Uh, like concerts are my thing. It's my escape. That's that's that like like how working out is my therapy. That's that's that man go to. That's that's his that's his therapy. Them concerts is his therapy. Check just like check. You got you got a you got a therapy that you like to do. Ain't nobody saying nothing about your therapy. But what, we all, yeah yeah we all we all got some <laughs> we all got some. My therapy all, is making babies. Like you know that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, boy, you, boy, you's a, you you cannot get out that driveway. They they say your pullout game is horrible. You like to leave that car parked and sat right. Right there. That's right. That's well. You know what though? It's like it's the same thing. <laughs> am I? Am I the most manly man you've ever met? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> but same thing. Julian Edelman is he the best wide receiver ever? No, he's not. No, he's not. But when it counts, when it's clutch time, you look to Julian Edelman when it's for catching footballs and Super Bowls, and when it's baby making time, that, 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 you turn to Dave Damashek. You just get you just get lost in the sauce. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. So you're still working out, Ike. You know you're out of football now. You don't have to stay in shape anymore if you don't want to. You can let yourself go a little bit. Not at all, baby. 
Not at all, Shaq. All right. Listen, Ike, you're the tops, man. Uh, when Please. are you coming out to L.A.? Uh, I probably won't be out there until the summertime. Yeah, you're going to be out, though, for, uh, you know. Yeah, I'll, in the- I'll show you. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Good. Then uh, let's sit down face to face. We're allowed to do that. It uh, or we're just about allowed to do that. In the meantime, fifteenth, right? I think June fifteenth. That's right. In uh, in California, apparently, yeah. uh, that's the the open update. Um, and uh, before that, we got the draft and everything. We'd love to check back in with you as soon as that's wrapped up, and we'll get a clear picture of what Colbert did, what the AFC North is going to look like. In the meantime, keep on killing it. Everywhere you are, you're uh, you're a difference maker. Ike, uh, you're the most positive influence uh, of of um, coworkers that, that I've I really have ever been around. The the spirit you bring, and uh, so it, love what you're doing with uh, Bergen there on your podcast. What you do on McAfee and otherwise. Good luck developing the land with the cattle. Oh, I can't wait to come ride horses. Spaghetti's invited too. Yeah, yeah. Bring the whole crew, bro. <laughs> Me and Eddie Spaghetti and I riding horses together. What a dream come true. That's going to be a good time. All right, I go eat your hibachi food, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to catching up again soon, pal. I appreciate you, Shaq. The great number two four, Ike Taylor, everybody. What do you think? He let you off the hook there. All right, I had no doubt in my mind that Ike was going to agree with me and say that exactly what he was going to say. It was it's, that he knows it's my escape. Uh, everyone has their own escapes, and music is mine. And I, I was totally confident Ike was going to see no problem with that. Zealots ruin everything, though, Spaghetti. I don't and, agree. And this is too much. This is too much. I, I get it. How many times do you need to see it, though? I don't, I, I don't think I did anything out of line. I never really traveled anywhere absurd i wasn't going to like fly over states with like random people missing work like i'm not in debt over it i did a couple planned trips you know a couple near when i was in at school in boston it was there a couple drives to philadelphia not that far from new york city i went made a trip a summer trip up to seattle just because i've heard seattle is an awesome uh you know july august month city to visit and it's the hometown of pearl jam that's really it like everything else is very reasonable everything is in my city i'm not going to skip concerts if they're in my city if i have the loot to pay for if i'm lucky enough to get tickets because they're very hard to get I stand by my decisions that I it's it's totally fine. In the meantime, though, Spaghetti um, did did he again? See, this is the same thing that everybody does when you ask them. So what's the solution if not Roethlisberger? Even I conceded you heard that. He's like, well, yeah, Roethlisberger is the best option for this year. So then we're getting into 2022 and beyond. And it's also murky. Nobody still has successfully, in my opinion, at least answered the question that I keep throwing out there to everybody. Am I wrong about it? Am I missing something here? What I mean, like the, the Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph solution is so uninspired that yes. I just have to reject it out of hand. And I, I'm I guess, I'm, who are you getting, Ike? And he's like, well, they should get a, a young quarterback. Like, okay, but there's no path to getting one. Kyle Trask is draftable, but beyond that, that and Kyle Trask is a poor man's Roethlisberger. We don't, uh, so I think uh, once again, nobody has everybody has the solution that they should move on from Roethlisberger, but nobody has the actual name of who that replacement should be. The two things that come to mind every time we have this conversation with whoever we speak to about this is like, number one, it seems like Big Ben is the least liked player across the board in the entire NFL. Number two, the Steelers could not be in any worse position to get 
another quarterback because nobody, like you said, nobody believes in Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, nor should they believe in those guys. And then the same thing with where they are in the draft uh, positions. You want to get one of the top four guys. It seems like there's a drop off in this quarterback uh, list after number four. I know Trask was kind of hot post college season because of the Heisman uh, candidacy and all that, but it seems that he's kind of faded away now. And it's been more about, you know, Lance Fields, Mac Jones, uh, Wilson and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a weird spot. If, and I agree with you, like what else, what else could they do? You got to ride with him for one year because you are in win now mode. If you salvage all your picks and next year's picks to move up and get one of those guys, then you're hurting a win now team. Um, unless you want to pull the, you know, pull the plug and be like, all right, well, we're not going to compete in 2021. We'll trade our future for this. We'll mortgage our future and we'll get a guy. And we'll I, don't, the, I, the, I think the even if they tried to do that, that's my point. Even if they said, let's trade up to get Justin Fields. I don't think they have the assets to even trade up high enough to get Justin. You'd have Fields. to move that's, a starter. You have to move a, you, you'd have to move a starter. I, I, well, I mean, like, what's the trade uh, here? We're going to give you our first round pick in TJ Watt. And that will be, I, I don't know that, teams out there are going to be like, okay, we'll give you the, that the jets would say, okay, we'll give you the second overall. If you're willing to part ways, they probably would, but not actually, you know what? I don't think they would. Um, jets, I don't know, but like maybe Atlanta or team, like maybe the Panthers or something like that. You got to give them a young, a guy like TJ Watt plus the first round pick. I think they would definitely. Maybe. Think- um, before we get into spaghetti and meatballs uh, for a breakdown of uh, the trade deadline in the East division, my favorite bet these days, spaghetti on FanDuel is to pick individual goal scorers in a game. And uh, at the time of this recording, Tuesday, the uh, the Caps are about to get it on with the Flyers this afternoon. And just for fun, just to give you a taste of what I'm talking about, Nick Backstrom is plus 280 to score a goal for the Caps. He has uh, exceeded his career sort of rate for goal scoring. Um, he's turned into a guy who is looking to shoot first this season a little bit more than he traditionally has. I think he's a good bet against the plummeting Flyers. Plus 280, get it on FanDuel and make sure you bet at FanDuel.com uh, slash minus three. You have uh, anyone you want to throw out there? Your blue shirts are in action. I, I, I do, and they're they're playing the Devils. And the the guy I want to give out is youngster Vitaly Krasov. Uh, because if you're watching him every game that he's played so far for the Rangers, he's been inching closer and closer to scoring. And I was actually texting my friends about this. It's like, why does Kravtsov and not why in a bad way, like how is he always at like with the puck in front of the net and he's just missing scoring. So like with his size and his ability, like we talked a lot about um, guys that you, if you have the size and the skill uh, mixture it makes you uh, an NHL asset that every team wants to get and the Rangers have them now with crafts of it he's always in front of the net in the blue and he has the puck on his stick and he's just not getting across the line I think he's going to score very very soon so I would put money on him I and the guy who I keep riding and people are paying attention to uh, more and more is Miles Wood a banger for the Devils I'll go with him at uh, plus 300 against your blue shirts tonight and with that I think it's uh, the appropriate time to get to it. It's our weekly breakdown of the best division in all of sports, the Mass Mutual East Division in the NHL. It's time for Spaghetti and Meatballs. All right, we're back for a special edition NHL trade deadline. I'm uh, staying. I'm not and, even and leaving. I'm staying. Dave's already on yelling. This one. 
He's here. His team was involved. They got 48-year-old Jeff Carter in the deadline. So he's got to hear he's gonna stay and talk about that, about his his well, I can't make jokes. Look, the look, two of the three teams here from this podcast will probably make the playoffs, and it's not gonna be my Rangers. But let's get let's get into it. And we'll we'll get to you meatballs in a second with your Isles and, and Dave, your penguins. But we'll start off with the other teams that made some big moves in the East. Taylor Hall, Anthony Mantha, Hall going to the Bruins, Mantha going to the Capitals. We're talking a bit off air about Mantha. I personally love the move. They did give up a lot, the, the Capitals. He's 26 years old. He's like six foot five. He, him and, and Dylan Lark are the only two really offensive uh, scorers there for Detroit for, for a bit. And now you're going to add him to a loaded Capitals team who's just already scary on offense. I can't imagine what he's going to bring to their power play as well. I like that move despite what they give up. And then quickly on Taylor Hall, this move also great for Boston. He's going to be a guy. He's 29. He's going to be a free agent. They, if they can keep him there, I mean, a right still in his prime. I know he's had a couple down seasons since his MVP run a few years back, but man, it's, it's a good move for them. And he said some interesting comments as well, which we can get into shortly. But what are your initial thoughts right there, Meatballs, on those two moves? Uh, Wait a minute. I'm interrupting Meatballs because I, I the stinking thinking spaghetti right out of the gate. Your blue shirts are plus 600 to make the playoffs. You ain't going to take that action? I I mean, I, I would love to say, sure, I like the move they did bring in Zach Jones from UMass. Uh, congratulations to the Minutemen winning the college hockey national title. I cannot believe a team that was a doormat for my BU Terriers years back is now a national uh, title champion. It is, it is crazy to think, but I'm glad we get him. He's a, a really good defenseman. I know John Butchigrotz has kind of compared him a little bit to Matt Grizzlick on the Bruins, which is, I mean, a great comparison. He's a very talented player. So it's great. You know, Vitaly Krasov is getting better and better each game. But it's at the point now where the team in the fourth spot, which is probably the team that we were going to surpass, the Bruins, goes and adds arguably the biggest name of the deadline in Taylor Hall, a former hard trophy winner. It's it's hard to convince myself to be like, yeah, this is this is going to be the team we're going to go ahead now when they're just finally getting healthy and you add a piece like that. And he seems like he's ready to go. He's ready to play. I mean, he said he wants to resign there. You never see hockey players be honest about anything. And he said, I want to resign in Boston. He said that he's ready to be on a team that's full of winners and has players that are, that are equal or better than him because he's been on so many teams that have been kind of relying on, on Hall's skills. And now he's, you know, one of the team has enough talent with Pasternak and with Marchand and Bergeron and their defense is actually coming around. I don't see the Rangers passing. Well, how about this? What about, let's look at it this way. By the way, uh, good news is the Rangers have better odds of making it to the playoffs than the Flyers do now. What a crazy collapse. Inexplicable almost meatballs. And I'm sorry to be stealing your shine. I'm very excited post trade deadline because I feel now like it's becoming clear that my Pittsburgh Penguins are definitely almost certainly barring yet another plague of injuries, which is uh, impossible to to say can't happen the way things have tracked for the Penguins this season and the last couple of seasons injuries-wise. But they're now definitely going to make it. Meatballs, who do you want in the first round? Let's start there now. Now that we see what everybody's roster more or less is going to be, who do you want in the first round? Because the Isles obviously are making it, and, um, you know, I, I, depending on uh, the odds, you, I think, in, in fact, I think the line, uh, the odds line up exactly the same for the Caps and Isles to win the cup. Um, who are you hoping you catch in round one? This mini series coming up against Boston the, uh, at the end of this week, I think that will kind of determine who I'd rather see in the first round, because if we win seven, six, seven, eight games against Boston, the regular season, I'm not sure if I want to see him in the playoffs just because of how, you know, law of averages works out. So 
Uh, if it's if it's a so-so series in the next two games, um, that might influence my opinion. But right now, I'd rather see Washington or Pittsburgh. Whoa, spaghetti! Wait a second. That's uh, that's more stinking thinking from your pal Meatballs. There, you if you dominate a team in the regular season, the law. These aren't coin flips. You've asserted your dominance. You want to see the team that understands as well as you do. Like, boy, they got our number, right? Spaghetti. What's 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 wrong with Meatballs? Well, I I think for me, for me personally, you know, the Rangers struggled a little bit with the your Penguins. Let's say this uh, the season. If we had to go into a playoff series versus the Penguins, I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, 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 I don't know if I want to deal with that. Whereas weirdly, they kind of played pretty well versus the Bruins, who are you know, so I'd feel better about uh, uh you know going to a series with a team like that. Has meatballs for the for, if you have like now with the trading deal obviously passed. That's what we're here talking about. Is there a move that? that happened that you're like, Oh, I don't want to play. Do you not want to play the penguins because of Jeff Carter? Do you not want to play the caps because of Mantha? Do you not want to play the Bruins because of Taylor Hall, which of those moves are, makes you, uh, you know, more afraid or are you like, well, listen, I got Zajac, like your name says, and I got Kyle Palmieri. I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, I don't, the hall, I don't know. The hall move doesn't really scare me like against the Bruins. Really? I, that doesn't, I don't know. I just think 29 years old, going to be a free agent, like finally on a team with other talent around him, like one a heart. You have no, you don't think he's going to, he's still in his prime. You don't think he's going to like, it's all going to click and he's going to come back to being what he was. He was the number one overall pick years back. I know, but uh, I don't know. I kind of hope that, that, uh, that Taylor Hall curse kind of just follows him around. I mean, wherever he's gone, it it just seems to kind of stay the same. I don't know. You know, Arizona last year didn't do much. Devils before that. I know he wasn't necessarily on great teams, but you know, a former Hart Trophy winner, you got to be, you're supposed to be elite. You're supposed to carry a team. So, you know, he, so with the Sabres this year, it didn't, didn't mm-hmm. happen. He ain't KD, but he kind of in broad strokes fits that role of like, if you put him uh, surrounded by talent, KD was the best player on Golden State. Taylor Hall is not going to be that for Boston, but maybe there's something to that math spaghetti. You seem to admire it from Taylor Hall. I'd like a a little more gumption from the kid with uh, with the pedigree he has, like uh, like Meatballs points out. It is crazy. It is crazy that he, a guy that won MVP, you would think would have some sort of ego, and he has no problem coming out and saying, like, "Listen, I wasn't very good. I joined Buffalo because Eichel's better than me. I'm tired of being the guy." You don't see that happen from you know, quote unquote, star players. And now Boston, which is funny because he him the draft back years ago, the coin flip. Do you want Hall? Do you want Tyler Sagan? Boston now has had both players, or will have both players once Hall steps in the ice for the bees. But uh, like, kind of. I mean, you plug him in, you, you don't have to be the guy and you plug him in on, say, the second line. He goes in the second power play unit or something like that. It's it's Taylor Hall. He's a heart winner. It's like that is a crazy addition to get. Uh, and he's still like I said, he's still only 29 years old. And if he resigns there, a Boston team that ha- actually has a lot of good young talent. And then you're going to piece that in with guys like Marshawn and Bergeron. Now you add Taylor Hall. It's like they're not going to go anywhere for quite a while. I I hate I hated this move. I texted Dave and Hench when this happened. I was like, this is it for the Rangers. So to me, this is the best move. I actually like the Mantha move to the Caps, too. But I think if he's good, like Boston, just they just really and they give up nothing. That's the best part about this whole trade. They gave up absolutely nothing for him. I think for me, that was the worst part of the trade is that they gave Boston gave up literally nothing to get mm-hmm. Taylor Hall. That's what made me most upset about the move. Not the fact that they added Taylor Hall is more that they gave up, you know, nothing. And the Isles were in on Hall. Um, yeah. Up until the Devils threw in Zajac. So Hall was their, their guy. And 
you know, Devils said, hey, we'll give you Zajac as well. So that, that kind of changed. But I also heard uh, Washington was in on him. So I'm kind of curious to know what Washington offered that Buffalo did not do that deal, but then gave up as much as they did for Mantha. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Hall had a no move clause too. So I, I wonder he if did. he didn't waive it for he Washington. Did. So yeah, yeah I got it. He did have the, the no move clause, and I think, think he wanted to go there. I think the Hall move fits Boston great, and I think the Mantha move does fit the Capitals pretty great as well. Um, we haven't really talked about your guys at all. I know Palmieri did score against my Rangers. Is he going to stink now because he shaved off his entire beard? I hope not. He better not. Um, yeah, it was, is he uh, going to be a guy like down the stretch run? Like, is he, do you see, like, see him being an actual it factor, or do you think it's going to be a continuation? Who do they, and who do the Islanders think they are? The Yankees forcing guys to shave beards to hey, be a part of their, their glorious Lou. franchise? What's, what that, weirdness is this? That's a Lou, uh, that's a Lamoureux rule. So I got nothing against it. But Eddie, what did you, you say before that? Well, just you, do you see Palmieri? I know your name again says Zajac, but do you think Palmieri is going to be a key guy down down the stretch there? Or, and do you think there's any shot that you guys might try to hold on to him you know, into, into next year? Or do you think pretty much this team's going to go as far as Barzal takes them or Wally or guys like uh, Peugeot? Like, do you, or do you see him being an actual fact? Because like, he hasn't been – like obviously, it's a weird offseason, weird schedule, but he hasn't been the player that you're kind of used to the last few seasons uh, of, of him. And obviously, Zajac's a guy pretty much in there for – the veteran leadership and a guy just wants to win. Yeah. I think, um, you know, they have off the next, these next few days. So I think <laughs> when they're practicing, they'll figure out what line he's best on. Um, I think most fans would probably like to see him on that first line playing with the, you know, Barzell and Everly. Hopefully he gets more, more goal scoring looks, but um, I don't know if they resign him. I, I don't know. I think it will depend on, on the cap space at the end of the year. Uh, they got a lot of guys they got to resign. So I don't know how high he'll be on the list of necessities. And Zajac, I think, is probably just an end-of-the-year rental. But he played great the other day. That's why I have his name on, on my thing because he uh, he essentially – I know he, he's a great face-off guy. He played well in the first line playing with Barzell. And I think, you know, with him and Paul Mary coming in, they're both winners. They want to win. It's good leadership. So I'm, I'm all in for it. I wasn't crazy about giving up the first round at the end. But, you know, if it's – 30, the, the 31st pick, I'm all right with it. So, well, that is kind of the math of who's the winner and lo- who are the winners and losers of the trade deadline. And it kind of is who gave up the most to get something. And it does seem like the caps, I get the, uh, you know, I am a pedigree snob, as I say. Um, and, you know, Anthony Mantha cuts quite a figure out there and he's a handsy, huge guy. Um, easy to like, but they did give away a fair amount. I'm not 100% convinced that this works chemistry-wise for the Caps. I think that uh, the Islanders did well because they didn't give up much of anything either. I know that they gave up a little bit, but still, you guys, uh, that Islanders team has more or less survived and continues to thrive without um, Anders Lee. I think the team among the teams in competition to maybe survive in the playoffs, the the four team playoff that's upcoming here um, is uh, the Caps potentially damaged themselves the most. Nobody else who made a move, including the Penguins, who just you know did gave away very little to get Jeff Carter, who's a very likely a third, fourth line guy for them. Um, the only one who gave up much of anything is the Caps, right? 
I, I, but I still think maybe I'm going on a limb here and I know he's never surpassed 50 points yet as a player, but I think that's partially because he's pretty much in Detroit doing it himself. He's creating himself. When you're going to a team, uh, you know, at least with your, the top six uh, in Washington being relatively all great players, it may be easy for him to come and, and, and score there and get involved offensively a lot more than we saw him in Detroit. So I'm my gamble is that a 26 year old, six foot five kid, is going to surpass the 50 point mark with the Capitals, which pains me to say. So, yeah, they gave up a lot for him, but I think it, they're making an investment for a guy. They see what his potential could be, and he's already shown a lot of it, but they could really get the most out of him. That's why I don't love the move for the opposing teams of uh, Washington in the division. Meatballs, do you think, though? Listen, they, now they, they've doubled down. I mean, my complaint with them, we talked to Josh Yoey, we've talked to other uh, puck insiders about this, and it feels like the, the Caps, if you're cynical about where they're going this spring, it's that they're playing a, a different brand of puck that seems to be successful in, in our Lord's year 2021. They're just – they're going huge. They're, they they, they, they want to – pound uh, their foes into submission and Mantha doubles down on that and mm-hmm. and, and they give away uh, a couple of skill guys to get there. I don't know, man. I kind of like the idea. If I have to choose as a Penguins fan, I think that's the best way to kind of look at it. Who do you want to catch? Who do you not want to see if you get if you get the picket in two rounds of the playoffs? The Caps, to me, stand as the, the one I most want to play, I think, at this point, if I'm a Penguins fan. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you know, they had issues last year in the bubble when they that whole, you know, core of older guys kind of didn't want to play. You know, and that was kind of the rumor that they were all kind of checked out. And that's why they they didn't go too far. So I think it's a gamble on, you know, how these guys are going to be come playoff time. And they're very, they're they're pretty old. They're, they're an older team. I know math is not very old, but. With the, that core, the main core of guys is is the older group and you're mortgaging a lot of the future for a risk that may or may not have made you much better than, uh, than you were a few days ago. So I agree I, with you on the Capitals. I, we could, I know you've got a bit here, so we could wrap this up with this final thought. And this is a theme on the show constantly with Sheck is the curse of Sposta. And according to our friends at FanDuel meatballs, the Islanders are plus 1100 now to win the 2021 Stanley cup, which would give them the best odds or their favor rather in the East division. Now you have the curse of Sposta. The Islanders are supposed to win the 2021 Stanley cup, at least speaking in terms of the East division. How do you feel now with that pressure on? And after the moves you've seen in this division, do you feel any less or more confident of you guys representing the Eastern, uh, the East and, and then obviously in the Stanley cup finals? I, you know, I, I feel the same. Um, the same. Eddie is, yeah. Bring, the, bring in Mantha Hall, the, you know, the, and then you guys bring it in Zajac and Palmer. You feel exactly the same. Even Carter, you know, in the bottom six for Pittsburgh, you feel exactly the same. No, yeah. no late push by the Rangers with, with Jones. Like you just feel exactly you're on the same path. Plateau. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. As, wow. as crazy as that may sound, but, um, you know, as famously as you once said, Eddie, uh, there's nothing I can do. So it's on the Islanders players. I, I don't feel any, any personal pressure. Um, I, I have a lot of faith in, in Trotz and Lou and, and the team's chemistry. And I think they'll get it done when it, when it comes to, when it, when it comes down to it, they know how to win games at this point. They're a good team. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not too worried. And I, I think they'll be all right. So FanDuel got it right. I think so. Okay. 
Well, the Bruins remain at uh, plus 1,600 uh, to have better odds than the Pittsburgh Penguins do to win the Stanley Cup, which is surprising to me, except for the fact that, like you pointed out, Spaghetti, the Bruins were the preseason favorites, I guess, uh, validating self. But also they were top heavy um, uh, in their forward groups. And Taylor Hall addresses that, if nothing else. I mean, listen, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, it comes down to how well the guys who have been sitting for a bit um, reintegrate, assuming they come back to health. Gino Malkin took a very long time to hit his stride, but once he did, he he was he was looking like one of the best players in the league once again. Can he refine that form? Brandon Tanev now is not even going to be ready in, in time for the start of the playoffs. Kasperi Kapanen, he's a ways away. But if Kapanen and Malkin specifically can come back, and immediately play contributors. I mean, they they are they are. This is no jive what the Pens are doing. Even without Malkin, they are one of the three top goal scoring teams since Malkin sat down. They have a ton of firepower, and as long as you're going with Latang and Brian Dumoulin, 25 minutes a game, um, that addresses the blue line, or that goes a long way at least to addressing. Um, any questions anybody would have about the blue line for the Penguins and the goaltending is there. It's been sound pretty much since the sluggish start there. The Penguins have a real chance if the chemistry can be reestablished because they're rolling without some of their biggest stars in in uh, the lineup. Spaghetti, though, your objective, we can assume that the Rangers all due respect, they are the gathering storm of this division. They're going to be great as soon as next year. They're going to be a legitimate contender to the win the division. But I think we can say we can throw a little bit of dirt on your blue shirts for this season. So objectively, who's going to survive this division post uh, trade deadline? I and I, I the point you're making about the Penguins, I do agree with. And in fact, out of the three teams in this chat right now i would say i like the penguins chances the most it's just something about there i don't know if it's a like a lame answer to say their organization just understands whether it's the coaching whether it's um because you're playing with guys like crosby you're playing with guys like tang and like when malkin's healthy but the guys they plug in you know in their place they know what to do they just adapt well but i did have on our fantasy draft not just because i took this but i did believe in the boston bruins i had them in our our you know extra points league draft at plus 900 to win now the odds are obviously changed like you said to plus 1600 but i'm gonna double down on my hall take and i i think it's gonna work out for them i think he will stay in boston and that team knows how to win and if rask is healthy and they figure out the goalie situation with him and yarrow halak and they're good to go with their their defensemen are smart players they're offensive minor players but they still take care of their own end they're Forwards think the same way. They're playing both sides of the ice. Patrice Bergeron is probably one of the most underrated stars in the NHL, at least of this last generation. And you have guys like Pasternak and Marshawn will get it done. Chuck Coyle, and the list goes on and on. They're a deep team. And uh, I these playoffs, they're going to be crazy. You're going to get a team in there that's going to disappoint. You're going to get teams that are going to surprise you. They're in a kind of a downtick. The Bruins, I said, as of, you know, let's say a couple of months back. And I think when they're going to hit the, their stride in the playoffs, ending a guy like Hall. So they're going to be my pick. Uh, I know Hench will be happy with me, but I got to stick with the team that I drafted in our, our thing. So I do like the Boston Bruins. And we'll wrap it up here with this. The team I most want to avoid, I guess this is a compliment to you, uh, Meatballs. If I can choose that the the Penguins are definitely going to play two rounds in the East Division playoffs, the team I most want to avoid is Trotz's Islanders. That's that that knuckleball is not one I want to face. I'd rather see the Bruins and Caps. How how say you? You get to choose the one team you don't have to face. 
one team I don't have to face. I know it. it I just said um, the Bruins before, depending on you know the series, whatever. But in an overall grand scheme of things, like right at this moment, I don't want to play Pittsburgh. We've played, we've not played well against them this year. Um, I hate looking at Chris Letang and Sidney Crosby score thousands of points on us uh, every game. So. I, I, I'd rather play Washington or Boston in the playoffs. Great stuff, meatballs. Great stuff, spaghetti, and great stuff from Ike Taylor. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you share the good news with your pals, or if you hate the show with your enemies, either way, we'll be back in a couple of days with the aforementioned Kevin Hench to chop it up even more about all things Northeast sports. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.